Hello, Deborah Voorhees. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you for being here tonight with us. Oh, hey, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to have you anywhere, Deborah. Thank you. Give us a day in the life on the set of 13 Fanboy, um, from planning a shot to directing a shot and wrapping for the day. What, What is in that process? Well, before you ever get to set, of course, you I you know I have my list of shots that I want. Very often, when you get onto the set, though, things change. But it starts out first. First thing in the the morning. First of all, I didn't get much sleep. I mean, an eight hour night of rest just didn't happen. So first, what happens is I turn on my meditation music to kind of lull me off to sleep, get whatever amount of sleep I have, <laughs> and then in before I go to bed, I make sure that I have everything right there at the ready, because there's a thousand things that I absolutely cannot forget, you know, before I leave, I get on set and I, you know, some of the first things is getting lighting prepped uh, for, uh, for the day. Um, Depending on your actors, um, if you have particularly inexperienced actors, which I didn't have that issue on 13 fanboy, you're going to have rehearsals and stuff first. Um, if there's a lot of movement, you still need to do that with the experienced actor uh, because you need to, especially if the camera's moving, you need to do what I call the dance where everybody kind of marks mm-hmm. and blocks out where they're going and what they're doing. Yes, I, I, it was also very important that I hold my hand like this because somebody comes along pretty soon and they put tea in it. So I have to hold my hand like this until the tea is inserted. That, was probably your key, that would probably be your key production assistant who would do that. <laughs> right, right. But you said, you, you mentioned it was like a dance and, and mm-hmm. it did seem, even watching it, it seems very choreographed the way. It so is. I think that was a great description of that. And it is because everybody has to be moving in step. It's not just the actors who are moving. The uh, DP and the camera operator and your sound all have to move. So everybody has to know where everybody's going. Right. So, um, and then working with the actors, of course, is a huge part of it. Um, Another part is making sure that um, the director of photography understands what kind of lighting I'm looking for in the day, um, what I'm looking for for camera movement, um, making sure that the sound person is, you know, where they need to be. The sound person always kind of feels like they're being pushed to the side because they have to be right there, but yet out of the way. Right. You know, and um, I, I don't even know how to tell you how much stuff goes on. You can still hear that Phew, in the tone of your voice is talking about it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know, but I I have to say I was surrounded by an absolutely amazing team of production assistants, um, production coordinators, um, you know, all the cast and crew and all the people that help to pull it all together. Yes, yes, you were. Helps a ton. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So in Friday 13th, part five, you played Tina. Mm -hmm. Um. And unfortunately, you met your end at the hands of uh, the shears that Roy had in his mm-hmm. hands. So if you were to go ahead and, let's say, play another role, 
would you say it's more fun to play the victim or would you say it's more fun to play the killer? Which would you know, Right. I mean, I loved playing the victim. It was a lot. It was a blast. But um, I wouldn't mind playing the killer. That'd be fun. <laughs> Grandma killer. Grandma killer. <laughs> <laughs> so you, it would be the sequel to Serial Mom, the Serial Grandma. <laughs> there you go. It would be Serial Grandma. I, I, I'm going to, I want to put you on spot, Deborah. here. Um, uh-huh. Show us, show us your serial killer eyes. If you were to <laughs> give that camera a serial killer glare, how would it look? What would, what would it I don't be? know. I think I'm going to really have to work on this one. I don't <laughs> usually um, kill people, so. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> from from script to screen, mm-hmm. what is it? What is it like creating something on paper and seeing it come to life on the big screen as the final product? It is a rush. I mean, talk about taking a kernel of an idea and taking it all the way to its final destination, the audience, and then you still have work to do because you've got to promote this thing, right? knows it's out there then what's the point right oh you're doing it for the audience right exactly so um it's a rush something that didn't exist except in a thought in an idea and seeing it all the way through it's yeah it's empowering yeah oh i bet i bet just watching something on screen i it in my mind i compare it to a pregnancy and i i (laughs) Uh, just as a metaphor, because you, you first you conceive it and you carry it full term and you work on it, you take care of it, you n- nurture it. And then mm-hmm. one day you're looking at this big screen, which to me would be like holding your baby and seeing it for right. the first time. And, you know, right. being the, the mother and the creator of something amazing. So right. that it's, it's, I could see that as being a rush for you, for sure. It is. It really some some adrenaline junk, junkies, though, they just they just jump in a 45 second search for that rush. You spend years to get that. <laughs> right. but, but look at that product. <laughs> right. If you did a sequel to 13 Fanboy, mm-hmm. what actors and actresses would you consider in bringing onto the film? You know, that's a tough one for me to answer right now, because. We one we haven't decided if we're doing a sequel or not, um, but what direction would we take? I think there's several possible directions we could go. One would be to tackle a different franchise. Uh, one could be sticking with the same franchise. Um, another, um, you know, because there are real life stalker stories in the uh, Friday the Thirteenth world is to do something um, that actually did happen, a true life one. So there are all kinds of options for for it. And so I, I couldn't begin to start thinking in those terms until we land on an idea and then get the script. Right. Playboy, Bunny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dallas. Mm-hmm. Friday the 13th, part five, a new beginning. Mm-hmm. You were a part of three 80s pop culture icons. Most people can only say they were a part of one, if any. What is being a part of three of them like? It's pretty, you know, I look back at that. I think that's pretty mind-blowing that I was a part of. I mean, these are huge American icons. And, um, yeah, I feel amazingly blessed to be a part of all of that. 
you know, um, I love my life. I, I feel like I have, um, you know, I'm, I'm like anybody else. I've had some incredibly rough times. I've been, you know, to hell and back again, but you know, none of that really matters. Um, in the long run, you can focus on the negative in your life or you can right. focus on the positive. And, um, I've been blessed. I've been incredibly blessed. That's awesome. Ass off too. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. And like, you know, there's this, there's a saying they said is, isn't it amazing how the harder you work, the more luck you have. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was it. That was your serial killer look. <laughs> what other areas of the world would you like to see 13 fanboy come out in? Well, eventually it will, will have an, an international, basically a cell. And that's really for our distributors to handle uh, when the cells come. I think that they're smart to hold off just a little bit because the better it does here in the United States, the more money it sells for. And so that's super important that um, we do that. So uh, yeah, worldwide, baby. <laughs> what current projects do you have that are uh, that you're that you have in mind, or do you uh, have uh, you know currently that you're thinking about doing? Right, um, right now, um, I'm currently working on a um, a it's a thriller horror that is kind of along the lines of like um, in the vein of like a Gone Girl kind of feel to it. Um, very intense. I also have a ghost story. And then I have several other ideas on the table that um, we need to work on. The ghost story is a true life story. Um, that um, script is not done. The other one I told you about is completed. And then um, I'm also, um, I was talking, mentioned to some people in um, before he share horror group. Uh, that's my group. Um, as some of you may know um, on Facebook. And I asked him, you know, what kind of classes would you like to have? And, you know, horror, you know, producing your horror film, um, screenwriting, acting for film, that sort of thing. And um, hands down by far, Far, most people wanted a screenwriting course. So I am putting together a screenwriting course for horror fans or nice. for people who want to write horror specifically. Nice. That's exciting. Yeah. Very exciting. <laughs> I'm going to do something where I have one prize for people who just want to watch the videos and then another prize for people who want me to hold their hand a little bit more and, um, so that I would be there to help them through their um, outline and their script. And so I would read each and give them my notes on it. And then, you know, of course, it would be up to each individual whether they want to go my direction or go their direction or if they want to what they want to do. But right. I'll probably try and keep suggestions a little bit more broad. So um that they're writing something that means something to them and matters to them. And as far as telling them, you know, like making sure you have certain beats of mystery. If you have no mystery and you know everything that's happening, something as simple as at the end of, let's say you write a scene and somebody says, I need you to come with me. If the person answers, okay, I will. 
then you already took a little bit of the mystery away. Let the audience find out that they'll go when they actually go. Is mm. you want them to, I mean, and that's a really small thing, but if you'll notice um, that in uh, certain genres of filmmaking, that's kind of a common thing to do and they're not very interesting films. And so it's those little things are super important to leave open the question. Um, so we're going to move on to our express round. We're going to ask you each a series of questions. My, <laughs> my first question for you is if four were a color, what color would it be? Oh, it's red. It's red. <laughs> <laughs> it's red. There's no other answer. <laughs> what is, who is your favorite scream queen or king? D. D, yes, many, many of ours. Um, mm-hmm. Who's your favorite modern movie villain? Oh, man. Well, you know my my favorite from 59. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the bad, the bad seed Rhoda. It would definitely be, it'd be Rhoda. Okay, Rhoda, awesome. She seed. is creepy. She's scary. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want her after me. <laughs> she looks so beautiful and perfect. And, and I jealous. know. What a little stinker. <laughs> That's what makes her so scary. Because yes. she's the last one you would suspect. You yes, know? absolutely. Yes. You don't go like this to her. You're going, oh. <laughs> right? <laughs> All right. And then Orlando's got the same three quick questions for you. Uh, favorite uh, classic movie monster, Dracula, uh, Frankenstein, or the Wolfman? Which is your favorite? Frankenstein's creature. Okay. Hands down. Uh, so, um, favorite uh, favorite uh, movie villain of all time? It's Rhoda. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> I think I just went back to uh, to Jason's question. Sorry about that. Um, what other series besides besides Friday Thirteenth would you consider being in? Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street. Psycho. I mean, any of them. Sure. It'd be fun. <laughs> okay. Heck yeah. I love horror movies. Um, tell us about a real life supernatural experience that you have had that has either changed your life or has just stayed with you. I've had some boo scary situations. I, when nobody else was in the room, I have felt a hand, a touch, um, I have definitely had several things, but the most important thing to me was um, it was a a very long meditation that I went into. It was not on purpose. It was accidental. And um, that's what taught me about who we really are. Mm -hmm. I, I need to be able to look at every single person and say, you are me and I am you. We are literally one. We're just individuations of divinity. We are a part of God. Kind of like a kind of like a um, spiritual awakening. Since I was a very little girl, I mean, I'm talking like four years old. I would lay down on the grass and look up to heaven. And you know, most kids are dreaming of you know different occupations, like being an actor, or firefighter, or something like that. And um, my life dream was to learn enough about what I needed to understand in this life 
so that I could basically die and grow up and become a guardian angel. Do you think reincarnation plays a role in that as far as Absolutely. like learning and then moving to the next life? And, and, and I think it's more than yeah. learning. I think it's re-remembering. Yeah. And I think part of our bargain of coming into life is that we give up the knowledge of who we are and what mm-hmm. we are, our consciousness, what our true consciousness is. And our job here is to be in that space in a body. Yes, what are you doing? <laughs> Can y'all hear that? It wasn't the dog. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Whoever's messing with me, stop. I'm in the middle of an interview. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we thank you so much for being here um, and look forward to uh, interacting with you some more on Deborah Voorhees, Sheer Horror. Thank you. Um, and I would like to point out also that 13 Fanboy is available for purchase on DVD on Amazon, Apple mm-hmm. TV, um, so many other platforms, which I will put it's in the on, description. At Walmart. You can get it at Walmart. I'll, I'll, put, I'll post um, in the description all the platforms that's available. Uh, like I said, it's for sale in Germany right now. If you want to get that first Blu-ray, Blu-ray can't guarantee it'll be compatible with our players. Right. So you might have to get a, a zone zero Blu-ray player with that as well. But um, right. Yes. Right. And we're on Showtime. Showtime. Yes. Yeah. Very nice. And you can get a, a seven day free subscription to Showtime. And check it out there without actually even having to pay for Showtime if you don't already have it. Just get Showtime right. for seven days and watch 13 Fanboy and leave a great review on IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, please, yes, please, it helps. Amazon. Yes. Yeah, it really does help. Yeah. I would like to give a quick shout out to two people okay. who, who shared our first interview. And I told them I would mention them in this interview. So Holly Henry Mobley and Vanessa Yonta Wright. Thank you so much for sharing our first interview. Um, this one's for you. And um, check out the credits for this one. There's going to be more names um, mentioned too as a special thank you. So, and Deborah, special, special woman, thank you so much for being hey, here. Hey, listen, thank you so much for having me. I adore you both. Thanks. And um, I'm really honored to be one of your first guests. And God bless you and your family. Thank you for everything. Thank you guys. Y'all take care. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Have a good night. Bye bye. You too. Bye bye. <laughs>